You know, Walt Disney once set up Disneyland. It will never be completed as long as there is imagination left in the world. And that holds true for Walt Disney World as well. There are always new and exciting dreams being turned into reality around here. And now in that tradition, this Christmas, we'd like to take you on a little progress report of Walt Disney World. Grab your hard hats, because there's an awful lot of construction going on around here. Let's get started right now, okay? Tinkerbell, a little magic, please. Welcome to the Grand Floridian Hotel. I'm five stories high in the turret of this magnificent waterfront paradise. For sheer romantic turn-of-the-century elegance, there's no other resort like this one. Take a journey back into the 19th century where it's life at a leisurely pace with all the modern conveniences, like a monorail station right beside the hotel's grand lobby and the most luxurious accommodations that Walt Disney World Resort has to offer. Hello and welcome to That Park Life Podcast. Welcome. I always love how you extend your arm like welcoming me. It's like, welcome yes. you across the way there. Welcome, uh, everybody. That's, that's Greg, by the way. I'm Beth. And if yeah. this is your first time listening, welcome, friend. Yes. We're really sweet and we love to have you here. No, I'm just kidding. Also, um, <laughs> I just made an observation. If you're okay. watching this as a video clip, uh, I'm really not trying to just like crotch shot you with all the things up here. In the back behind me, I've realized it's just like all the crotches of my husband's toys that are like back here. <laughs> Do you see what I'm talking about? Can you see them? Uh, I have. Yes, there okay, are because so well, they're wrestling figures. So well, not all of them. There's some in... wrestlers. These are the haunted mansion go hitchhiking ghosts. We've got a ninja turtle over here. Yes. And it's just like all their crotches. So sorry. <laughs> crotch, Can't help crotch, it. Crotch, 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 crotch. That's a shot. Oh, that's shots actually. Yeah, just a crotch um, shot. Yeah, we're at, let's, welcome to Crotch Cam 2021. Welcome to Crotch Cam. S- s- starring Beth. Oh, what a week. We had uh, such a fun time doing trivia the other night. I felt like it was our best our, one yet. I was just going to say that. I think that was our, our most successful, our mm-hmm. most fun trivia night. Uh, shout out to our three winners, Pete, Hunter, and Christy. Nice, winners yeah. of uh, some pins, some Park Life podcast, prize yeah. packs, and lots of other things. Um, I heard a rumor. A rumor. I heard a rumor about someone who's really good at trivia, and her name is Patty McCauley. Yes. I heard that heard she's really good at trivia, Patty. but she didn't want to join us, and so I'm uh, I'm trying to figure out why she doesn't, I mean, maybe she just doesn't want to show everybody up, but like, Patty, if you're listening, girl, we got prizes for you, so we want to see your face. I'm, honestly, we don't even have to see your face. If you just want to show yeah. up and like, maybe put a fun picture up. Um, yeah, yeah. We don't need to see you. You could be the voice of Trivia God, right? Just mm-hmm. from the distance, shouting out answers. Yeah. And don't forget, that is Patty with an I. Don't ever spell it with That's a That's right. With a y. Patty with an I, and uh, she's the Trivia Queen is what I hear. I just, like, <laughs> I want to meet queen. the Queen. Why would I not want to meet the Queen? Yes. Uh, shout out to everyone who joined us for our Trivia Night, who know what we're talking about. And I'm sorry if you missed it, because uh, maybe that's an inside joke for our Trivia Night peeps. <laughs> and we have at least one more coming, because we've been doing all four parks. That's right. Uh, we did three so far. So uh, look for another Trivia Night in April when we cover Disney's Animal Kingdom What do you Kingdom think we're going to do for Trivia after that? Are we going to move to other things, or are we just going to go back to parks? How do you, we'll have figure you thought some about stuff that? out. Okay. I have thought about that. We can repeat parks, or we can do more uh, either movies or resorts or food stuff. We can do just food stuff because people mm-hmm. know a lot about food. That is true. I'm sure we'll be able to figure it out. Cool. And um, I'm excited for today's episode because I spent a little bit of time at Grand Floridian 
over the weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, we had some friends in town, and we did a little monorail loop hopping, a little monorail resort loop hopping. And we spent some time at the Grand Floridian, walking from the Polynesian over there. So we kind of got like a whole scope of the resort, reminding me of what I love about the Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. So I'm excited to talk about it. And shout out to Regis Philbin. Always, I'm trying to like do Regis's voice. He just, he just kind of always sounds like he has like a cold or something. He does. Do he has a little, a little bit of that yeah. in his voice. Good old Regis, uh, man. A true American treasure right there. Yes, and that was from obviously from a little bit preview of the mm -hmm. of the resort the grand you know, that opening. Disney put out there. Um, so let's talk about some Grand Floridian. So just like our other resort rundown episodes, Beth is going to start us off with some of the history, what led to the Grand Floridian, and then what was going on during the construction and whatnot. And then we'll move on to some tips. I did put the question out to our Instagram page to see what everyone out there who follows us on Instagram mm -hmm. likes about the Grand Floridian. We've got some interesting stuff there too. I've obviously stayed there. We visit quite a bit. Um, I'm all about their quick service, by the way. It's one of my favorites, so I'm excited to get to talk about that as well. If you've never been, highly recommend, but we'll get there. So do you want to kick us off? I want to kick us off. You guys know I got lots of notes here. We'll just start with what Disney says, as we usually do. Disney's official yeah. description. So it says, Victorian elegance meets modern sophistication at this lavish Disney resort hotel. Unwind outdoors, indulge in a luxurious massage, and watch evening fireworks light up the sky over Cinderella Castle. Just one stop to Magic Kingdom Park on the complimentary resort monorail, this timeless Victorian-style marvel evokes Palm Beach's golden era. Mm, get it, girl. Do you think it's strange that they point out that the monorail is complimentary? Um, I think there's just one way of them. I think I think it's a way for them to highlight it without being like, you can just hop on the monorail. <laughs> I know, but like you, ex you know? I, don't know, I expect it to be complimentary. I, I, I mean... Honestly, people probably think that you have to have a ticket to get on it. I'm like, I'm sure a lot of people think that. So, huh. okay. Most of this information comes from, there's a really good article. If you guys want to check it out. I mean, they're like, I don't know these people, but I just thought the article was really good. It's a two-parter and it's a www.info.com. Yes. Um, and then also some, some things from Wikipedia, but I would say most of this uh, came from this article that I read with WDW because it was so well done. Lots of coverage there. So. Uh, let's talk about it. Initially, Walt Disney wanted a Polynesian resort, which would reflect Adventureland. He wanted the contemporary resort to reflect Tomorrowland. And then he also wanted, um, other resorts that would mirror lands of the Magic Kingdom. So that was kind of the original plan. So many people are like, well, why didn't this happen? Like what happened? What's the story? So the accepted story that I'm reading here for you guys is that it was blamed on the 1973 oil crisis. So mm -hmm. many guests were not driving. They weren't willing to pay higher airline fares. Like the tourism in Orlando had really declined. Um, everything was down. And since off-property accommodations declined, Disney wanted to be a good neighbor. So they delayed the building of any additional like on-property hotels for that time. Uh, so one of the books that is referenced here is called Reality Land, The True Life Adventures of Walt Disney World. This is kind of a different story, but basically the author here is David Koenig. He is quoted saying, Disney also thought that it could relieve some of the pressure from the hotels by expanding. So a lack of time and after buying out U.S. Steel, money prevented proceeding with the original plan at the next building, uh, which was this elaborate hotel called the Asian Hotel. So this big hotel called the Asian Hotel was supposed to be built, but that didn't happen. Alan Lapidus, who is a renowned architect, he said that while he was working on the Mediterranean Resort and Village, so this was another project that like was supposed to happen, he noticed Disney Imagineers designing a companion hotel to his. 
So he was like, it was basically just as large and it looked great. And it was called the Grand Floridian. He said it was uh, quite a bit more elaborate than his. Um, it had a lot of architectural references as the Addison Meisner Room, which is in honor of an architect who established the classic 1920s Palm Beach architecture. He also said that he finished his design in seven months and that Disney approved it. Okay, so now we're going back to, I have a lot of quotes here, guys, from Alan Lapidus, so stay with me. So in 1984, Michael Eisner took over. Lapidus says it was a whole new ball game. that people, people he had been working with at Disney told him that Eisner had decided to delay the Mediterranean Village until the Grand Floridian was up and running and that they had a year or so to demonstrate whether it would be a success. So he was like, needless to say, it was a success, obviously. Um, yeah. But the Mediterranean Resort ended up being, like, put away. Like, they were just like, we're not going to do that now. So, uh, fun little fact here. In anticipation for this Asian resort that, they, like, they were supposed to be doing, Disney named the road that led from a service area north of the Magic T Kingdom past the resort down to the car care center. It was called Asian Way. Hmm. And that that road was named that until 1986 when it was renamed Floridian Way. So they had like already named a street and stuff like wow. in preparation for this. And then they, they went were back ready. And changed. Yeah, for real. Uh, the resort was designed obviously by the Disney company and then executed by the architectural firm. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Wimberly, Allison, Tong, and Goo. <laughs> it's the Goo that gets me every it's day. It's the Goo. And it is. It's G-O-O -O, Goo. Tong and Goo. Uh, they were awarded this commission because they had done past work with Disney. They were actually the ones that were designing the Asian Hotel. So they probably, I'm assuming this relationship was already there and they were like, hey, we're not going to do this, but will you guys design this? Yeah. Um, and they also des have designed hotels at Euro Disneyland, which, you know, is Disneyland Paris now, uh, Tokyo Disneyland and Hong Kong Disneyland. Uh, the principals of this company are Mike Chun and Chuck Corwin. So, um, obviously it was their firm doing the Asian hotel that had happened. So groundbreaking of this hotel took place on April 23rd, 1986. And according to WATG, as I will refer them as now, uh, the construction was to take between 20 and 24 months. So, I, you know, the resorts we've already talked about, they did them in much, like, much less time than this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they had a lot more time at this point. The property opened on June 28th of 1988 as the Grand Floridian Beach Resort. Along with Disney's Polynesian Village Resort, the Grand Floridian sits on the shores of the man-made Seven Seas Lagoon near their Magic Kingdom. Uh, it occupies land that had been earmarked for the Asian-themed hotel, which is what we talked about. Um, let's see what else. The Grand Floridian was inspired by the Victorian era beach resort, which we kind of talked about with the architecture, uh, built along Florida's East coast during the late 19th century and early 20th century. Uh, the exterior, so here's kind of where some of that comes from. So the exterior is modeled after, after the Mount Washington resort in Brit, uh, Bretton Woods, New Hampshire. Okay. I'm, do you know what this... I don't know. You're from up No, I know of it. one of the hotels you're about to mention because I've yeah. been there, so I'm excited. Another about hotel that. is the Hotel de Coronado in Coronado, mm. California. Wait, with... stop right there. Yeah. That's the one. Okay. I've been there. Like We saw it in person where we're like, yeah. is this the Grand Floridian? This is before yeah, I knew anything weird. about it. This was, yes, strange. Yeah. I'll, I'll post a photo of it so you can all see it on our Instagram. And it says the red gabbled roofs and the white walls is kind of where this came from. Yeah. The resort's five outer lodge buildings... Sago Key, Sugarloaf Key, Conk Key, Boca Chica, and Big Pine Key are named for islands in the Florida Keys. Yeah. I mean, it Which makes sense. It's the Grand yeah, Floridian. The Grand Floridian right? with the keys in there. The name was changed to Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa during the fall of 1997. 
That's when they decided to get bouge. We gotta, we got listen, mm-hmm. guys. We gotta mention there's a spa in there for everyone. Yes. Now. So let's talk a little bit about construction um, and like statistics and things like that. The hotels that influenced the design of the Grand, Grand Floridian were mostly constructed from wood. So they were basically like, hey, that's great and all, but wood's not really going to stand up to all the severe weather here in Florida. Mm-hmm. So the challenge that they had going into making this was making sure it was not constructed out of wood, but that it looked like it was. So they said they utilized aluminum siding. It says no longer than 12 feet long equal to wood length epoxy paint, and then various other alternative materials, which is crazy. So they basically had used uh, something else like it was wood yeah, to make it look like that, but it wasn't wood. It says actual wood was used in areas where the guests could get close and touch the walls. Um, the wood siding was milled to match the shape and size of the aluminum siding. So it's like weird because they're using aluminum to make it look like wood, and then they had to make sure their wood looked just like the aluminum that they were using. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy to me, all this stuff. Um, the lengths they go to. Yeah, so uh, Chun, who's one of the architects, he said when we were starting to develop the architectural design um, intent, d- d- like with the details, uh, Pete Wimberly, who is like one of the ones we just mentioned in the WATG, he stopped by the design studio and sa- he was like, what are you guys doing? And they were like, well, we're working on the details. To which he was like, well, how are you going to design like the details to that scale? You need to draw them full size. So that's what they did. They literally taped together large sheets of butcher paper in order to hand draw the exterior walls, like all the decorative columns, the windows and like everything, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Because like Walt Disney always did everything kind of with scales. They would do yeah. like large scales, but not like to scale. And this guy was like, yeah. nope, you need to do it to scale. So that's what they did. WATG worked very closely with Wing Chow and the Walt Disney Company on the design and construction. He was our primary point of contact. He was kind of like this driving force of the team. But it says Wing also knew how to work with the internal politics of the Disney organization. He had a strong sense of design and was very involved in the process he was demanding, but fair respect to the abilities and input of our design team. So the design team was Intradesign. They were a Los Angeles interior design firm and they were responsible for like all of the all of the design of the hotel, like as far as interior. Okay. Um, all the beautiful interiors you see was them. So Victorian designs are known for their excessive ornamentation, heaviness, and mm. strong colors. However, they came in and they wanted to take kind of a different approach to it. They wanted to have lighter colors. They wanted to focus on animal subjects, thereby giving the lobby and guest room interiors a more playful look. So the predominant colors the design team chose to focus on were terracotta, dark peach, mossy green, and mint green. Hmm. Yeah. This is they, they did incorporate textures that would invoke the Victorian era. But it's just interesting to me that they were like, well, it's like basically after Victorian, but it wasn't. They like did the opposite. Yes. So I don't know. Well, I, guess that's... I think they part of it was to make it a little more warm and inviting because if sometimes if you make something too posh, mm-hmm. not everyone's going to feel comfortable visiting. And then you walk in and this is a little bit different in the beginning because people were still kind of dressing up. But like nowadays, yeah. you're walking yeah. around in, in, your, in your booty shorts. You know me, walking around yeah. in my booty shorts that say juicy <laughs> on the back. And I want to make sure I feel comfortable in the Grand Floridian. Yeah. So I guess that's why they ended up taking this different approach. Uh, in 1992, a 40,000 square foot convention center opened that was mm. like adjacent to the hotel. And this contains like a large business center in it. Um, the hotel's main building features a five-story lobby with a replica cage elevator, has stained glass domes and Italian marble floors with inlays of various Disney characters. Uh, so let's talk about this. I know you've got some stuff on the, the replica yeah. cage elevator. Tell me about that. 
So um, it's actually supposed to be kind of a bird cage elevator. Mm -hmm. Now, if you see the lobby before, you know that there's a pretty large bird cage in there. So on the other right. side of the lobby as the as the elevator, and that's its own thing. It was custom made in Spain for mm -hmm. the the lobby. And I um, was in the ground floor the other day, and I was talking to, to a friend, and we were just like walking by the big stairs that go up to the second floor, and we were trying to figure out what like this little house was. There was this little thing on a shelf on like a on a dresser out there. And we're like, what is the point of this? And it had like bars in the windows. Like, oh, this kind of looks like like a fancy birdcage. Mm -hmm. But the next to it was a wheel that like a you know like a hamster would run on. So we were joking about how you know when the if the bird can't fly, it still has to exercise, so it goes on the thing. Yeah. But anyway. So um, I was like, you know what? Now that I think about it, there are multiple bird cages in the lobby, whether mm -hmm. you like notice them or not. I mean, the, yeah. I, obviously the big one is is the easiest one to see. So just today I was doing some research on it. And in the Victorian era of life, one of the many things that people use to decorate their house are highly ornamented bird cages. Yeah. So not just, a, not just a, a practical bird cage where, you know, which literally a cage, like mm -hmm. they were fancy. Right. And if you look around the lobby and then on the second floor, um, and if you've been up on the second floor and you walk away from the shops and towards like the back of the lobby where uh, now Enchanted Rose is on your way there, you'll you'll see some of these things. So now next time you're there or if you're ever watching a video of it or see some photos, keep your eyes peeled for bird cages because they're yeah. everywhere. And obviously the the elevator is considered one too. A little one of those subtle touches there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the hotel. You know, the hotel's gone some like gone through some renovations. So since mm -hmm. 2007, all of the guest rooms, restaurants, retail shops, and common areas of the resort have been updated. So they have updated some things. In 2011, the Grand Floridian Spa and Health Club underwent an extensive 18-month remodel. Again, like that's a long remodel. Yes. Um, in 2013, the hotel completed a remodel of all pool areas along with the installation of a beachside fire pit and a children's water area themed to Disney's Alice in Wonderland. So that's kind of like some of the main renovations that they've gone through. So it's been updated. That kids play area, like the kids splash zone, yeah. is awesome. Well, it's like, I mean, isn't that what they use in like all of their advertisements for Grand I mean, I feel like a lot yeah. of Disney's advertisements, like commercials we see on TV, is Grand Floridian, and that's like part of it, is that play area. Yeah. Well, think about it. It's their flagship resort, right? It's mm -hmm. like the top of the line for them. Um, some people argue that Riviera is... Also top of the line, but yeah. it's different. Like it's become iconic of, of Disney World, the Grand Floridian, and uh, the the little kids splash zone. First of all, don't get me started on the little kids splash zones. Okay, I would like to play in them, but you have to have kids, right? And I, yeah. I have to like wait to go there with other people's kids. This is ridiculous. It's I want to play in there. It looks so much so much fun. You're but like finding a kid. And you're like yeah, and then the come mom with comes me. over and she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but but mommy he offered me candy yeah. so listen um i love it i think it's really cool looking and they fill up a big giant mad hatter hat with water to the point where it eventually spills over Dumps. and when it does like obviously like it just dumps water all over the place it looks like so much fun i just if you sit there and watch it for long enough it doesn't take very long you'll see the hat tip over like it's fun to watch honestly yeah. In a not creepy way, it is It is actually fun to watch. And I want to go play in there. So I yeah. want them... Maybe they should have adult-only time. Adult maybe splash like pad. At, at night or something, yeah. You know, after like 10, let's say. Kids should that's, be sleeping anyway. That's not weird. Um, it's not weird. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, I see Riviera is like, oh, you got money. And then Grand Floridian is like, ooh, they got old money. Yeah. That's oh, old money and new money. Okay. Yeah, it's like old money and new money. That's the difference. I like there. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about some notable events. The Beach Boys performed there in 1988 to film their music video for their song, Kokomo. And how does that song go? That's where we want to go. <laughs> uh, da, da, Coca, uh, 
uh, I can't remember the words there. <laughs> That's you got Eyes the point. in the sand. <laughs> tropical something in your hand. I don't know. Other people are like Beth. How do you not know this song? I used to know this song by heart. It's just been a really long time since I've listened to it. But who doesn't love Beach Boys and Kokomo? Yes, and Uncle. Have Jesse. I seen the Beach Boys in concert? Yes, I have. Oh, um, look at you. I mean, not, obviously not like all of them because I think as some of them are dead. But yeah, it was like most of them in their like newer band. Now I'm like really trying to remember how the beginning of that song goes. Aruba, Jamaica. Aruba, Jamaica. Ooh, I wanna take it to up. Oh gosh, why Bermuda. can't I remember it? Ber- Bermuda, Bahama. Come on, pretty mama. Iago. Key Largo. Key Largo. <laughs> Key Largo. Montego. Baby, oh why don't we go down? A- I-, I know the words apparently. No, oh my gosh, this is so bad. That's fine. Also, We're all, everyone's dancing in their car I right know. now. Seriously, sorry, everyone. I really botched that one up. Okay, let's <laughs> move on. Uh, the Grand Floridian Beach Resort had its opening dedication ceremony ceremony on June 28th, 1988. I always like to, um, you know, talk about who was at the opening. So yeah. it was a big deal. This was the first new resort to open since 1971. Burt Reynolds, Lonnie Anderson were the celebrity guests to present and cut the ribbon along with Michael Eisner and Frank Wells. Uh, the events, which included some NASA astronauts, how random is that? Hollywood celebrities, Disney officials, and other dignitaries were all dignitaries, y'all. Dignitaries, dignitaries. were all dressed in formal attire. The main nighttime event was indoors. Indoors. I can't, I don't, why is that a hard word to say today? <laughs> um, <laughs> they said uh, what someone was quoted saying: "We rented twenty five hundred uh, tuxes for the male half of our five thousand guests, including press." So we time out. They bought tuxes for the regular people to wear. So when they were on camera, probably because you couldn't like force people to wear tuxes. But if they were providing them, yeah. Nowadays, that would be like cancel culture all over. Like it would be like, <laughs> nope, not doing it. Disney Company <laughs> is the devil. Um, yes. They tried to make me wear something that was like male oriented. Anyways, moving on. There was an orchestra there in the lobby that played the song "That's Entertainment," and then also an aquatic ballet was performed in the two hundred and seventy-five thousand gallon pool. Singers and dancers performed a medley of turn-of-the-century tunes. Did we talk about this beforehand? Like how they had... Yes, they were like swimming in the water. Yeah. And I want to see them... I'm, I'm In my mind, I'm envisioning synchronized swimming. I don't really know if that's what it was. But when yeah, you say the... aquatic ballet, that's what I think. <laughs> the picture that... Um, I hope I'll get Greg to post some of these pictures because I have a couple of pictures of the lobby and stuff. But there was a picture from opening day. And I was like, all I could think of was like, this just looks straight out of Mary Poppins. I don't know why it just does, but... <laughs> Or the opening to one of the Austin Powers movies. You know That's what I'm talking true. About that is also very true. Oh my gosh, that would have been so great. Um, okay, the last event that I have was in 1989. The Grand Floridian Beach Resort received its first AAA Four Diamond Award rating and has consistently maintained that rating for the last 28 years, which is pretty impressive. Additionally, Vic, uh, Victoria and Albert's restaurant has been a AAA Five Diamond rest, um, Award winning restaurant for the last 17 years as well as Forbes Four Diamond Award winner. The Grand Floridian has also received designation in the Florida Green Lodging Program. And there are other establishments, including Citricos. What is, I don't even know how to say this. Narcuzzi. Narcuzzi. I was like, I don't know what that is. 1900 Park Fair, Grand Floridian Cafe, Garden View Lounge, Meisner's Lounge, Gasparilla Island Grill, Beaches Pool Bar and Grill, and the Courtyard Pool Bar. 
So they also like have received rewards over time. But um, if you don't really know, I mean, because I didn't really know until not that long ago about AAA and the Diamond Award and stuff. They're just a big deal in the restaurant industries. Mm -hmm. Um, They kind of put you on the map as far as like the world. So these are basically like world renowned. um, They're like recognized around the world, these awards. So it's not just like an American thing. It's like, oh, they're all over the world. Like you could look up, you know, five diamond, four diamonds or whatever. And it's pretty hard, I think, to get them. So it's a big deal that they have these awards. Yes. They're not just handed out willy nilly, so to speak, like a good yeah. Yelp review. This is a little bit more stringent yeah. when they're yeah. deciding who gets what. This is basically saying like, who cares what anyone says? Like you, you should try it out. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all I got. I know it was a lot of information, but Greg, Greg is going to take us to some other things. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of information. A couple of things that I um, either know or just have found out in, in doing some reading up on this resort. They started their Christmas decorations all the way back in their first year of 1988. Nice. If you want to see some creepy mannequins uh, during the holidays, go look at some photos of mm. the lobby of this resort Yikes. in 1988. But they did have their big Christmas tree. They're known right now still to this day, right. at least to our holiday seasons this day. For the big giant Christmas tree, and sure enough, they had one in their very first year. Um, you may remember last year that the NBA stayed at the Grand mm-hmm. Floridian. That was like yep. a big deal. That's, that's like something that will be in history as we like move on from from all of this years down the road. We'll talk about that time that the NBA put up the big yeah. blue fences for like at the a long time. It wasn't like oh, some people stayed there. Like no, it was like what a month. It was, they were there for a while. I don't know the exact yeah. time, but it was a it was a while. It was long enough. And um, so you may know if you've been in the lobby before, they have those big giant chandeliers hanging from the ceiling, mm-hmm. which is probably redundant since all chandeliers hang from the ceiling. The big giant chandeliers, they are 16 feet in height. So they're gigantic. Yeah. They are 40 feet above the floor. And according to the article I read, they each weigh a ton, like one actual ton. Like you could die. Yes. <laughs> you could easily die. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Yes. It's really so what be we're careful saying. while you're walking around for the falling death trap. <laughs> And um, I forgot to mention before we were talking about the bird cages that the big one in the lobby Mm -hmm. actually had Robin Williams and Nathan Lane. No, they had actual birds in the bird cage. Um, I heard, Mm -hmm. I read some articles about how that they were doves. Some people remember. I was reading on a on comments on a YouTube video. People remember the birds being colorful. I guess Mm -hmm. uh, could not corroborate, but there were birds for sure in there. Um, I know you mentioned the idea of adding animal elements to Mm kind of warm up. The lobby, yeah. and that was part of it, was to actually have some some live animals, albeit birds, in the lobby of, you know, uh, of the resort. Poop, Obviously, birds poop a lot, so maybe they were like, you know what? I maybe wonder this if they wasn't like, the best Ooh. idea. Yes, and now the people are pooping all over the place. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that's true too. That's, I mean, hopefully, it might be true. I don't know. Hopefully, not at the Grand Floridian, but whatever it happens. <laughs> yes. What happens? So uh, let's talk about it in terms of the category of resort. It is considered a deluxe resort. Very luxurious. Uh, the price range here may or may not blow your mind, I guess. I mean, you know that it's an expensive resort. Mm-hmm. But right now, the starting price for a standard room at this resort is on the cheapest. So by the way, whenever I give these prices, the range is going to be the cheapest season on the cheapest day, which is usually oh a... Right. Sunday through Thursday. To a holiday. So sometimes it's like a Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. And then all the way up to like New Year's Eve in December. Uh, so that's what this is. Um, so the standard room starts at $655 all the way up to their biggest suite on Christmas week, which was 4588 a night. Oh my gosh. Yes. And of course, this is all before any applicable discounts. If you are an annual pass holder or if you're yeah. a resident here or whatever. Right? This is just their standard block 
rate right. for this resort. There are all kinds of rooms here, and some of them are in the main building, and some of them are in the outer building, the five outer buildings to talk about that are named after parts of the Florida Keys. Mm-hmm. And um, I was in the resort the other day, and I was telling my friend who I was with, because he had stayed there as part of his um, wedding, this was uh, Sarah's husband. You may remember Sarah yes. from, we talked about a real life Disney mm-hmm. fairy tale who got married there. We were ta- chatting about the rooms and stuff. And um, he was bummed that he wasn't staying in the main building. And um, there's a reason why it might be harder to get into the main building. And this is why. So these are all the rooms that exist in the outer buildings and the main buildings. Um, we'll start with the outer buildings first, because the outer buildings are the only ones that have what I'm going to say are just plain standard rooms, meaning it's a room. You're not part of the club level or concierge level. We have access to like the food and the drinks, which mm-hmm. is alcohol, by the way. They often have beer and wine. Um, so the, they have a garden view, a lagoon view, and a theme park view. They're 448 square feet. So that's a, a pretty standard size room. That is a room that sleeps five, and they range from 655 to $1,300 a night, depending on time of year and stuff. So it's you're, you're going to be paying here. And you know that, right? You probably knew going into the resort. It is a flagship resort. It's going to be a little, a little more expensive side. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, you can get a one-bedroom suite with a standard and a theme park view. This almost double the size, or maybe it is double the size. It's 936 square feet, yeah. so boom, you've already got like such a right. bigger room. That sleeps six. You're going to be paying for it, though. The cheapest is $1,400 a night, all the way up to $2,700 a night. And of course, I'm rounding here. Yeah. There's a two-bedroom suite, same kind of thing. You can either get a standard or a theme park view. Not, it's not much bigger, though. It's 1,082 square feet, so you're only adding on another 150 right. square feet. feet for another room. That one sleeps eight, though. Whew, so I hope you're sitting down. These start at twenty three twenty nine a night. That's a night, That's by insane. the way. All the way up to 4300 a night. Now, um, the Sugarloaf Suites is um, what we were talking about most when we were chatting about rooms. And they have a one-bedroom and a two-bedroom suite. The one-bedroom is, is 936 square feet, which is the same size as just a regular old one-bedroom. Mm-hmm. And the two-bedroom is 1,362 square feet. So far, that's the biggest room we've talked about. And 2,500 all the way up to 4,000 even, which is like nuts. So um, the outer buildings are kind of cool because when you get a theme park view in an outer building, you're like up on the water, depending on which building you're in. Right. And um, there are some rooms that are considered a lagoon view that truly are lagoon and not theme park views. We'll talk more about whether or not it's worth its upgrade uh, later on. So let's go to the main building of the resort. The one you're probably the most familiar with because you're probably not going out and trying to get into these outer buildings. (laughs) There's really nothing going on out there. The main building has only club level rooms. So they are standard rooms, but they're only club level. Okay. So um, incidentally though, the Sugarloaf room suites over in the outer buildings, those are also considered club level. But just know that if you're in the main building, you really can't get up to the third, fourth, and fifth floor. I have tried. Unless you're with someone or you are yourself staying at club level. Right now, club level is not currently operating because of everything that's going on. And in the elevator, you know, you you get to have that elite moment if you are staying there up on that level because you get to, like, put your key in the door or a magic band up against it. And yeah. then you can select the floor that you want to go to. But otherwise, the elevator, either the birdcage one or the other elevator across the way there, it only goes really floors one and two unless you have a way to access three, four, and five. 
So all, all club level here. There's the regular room that's the 448 square feet. Sleeps five, kind of boring. The one and two bedroom suites are pretty close. They're pretty much the same thing as the one and two bedroom suites you get in the outer buildings, but this is where the fun starts. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the deluxe resorts have these suites, these like fancy rooms that exist. Talk about them at the Polynesian and the Contemporary. And of course, the Grand Floridian has their own. Mm -hmm. And we know that this is the priciest resort to resort. begin with. So uh, let's start with the Victorian suite. It is 1,083 square feet, uh, ranges anywhere from $2,032 to $3,200 a night. It only sleeps four though, which is interesting. And I say only because the other 1,000 square foot room that we mentioned sleeps eight. Their two bedroom suite sleeps eight. So it's kind of like differently laid out, probably has right. more like more common space. area space, yeah. less bed space. Yeah. Next up is the Disney Suite. It's 1,690 square feet, which is just about the size of our house, technically, right? right I mean, that's, right. Like, that's like what houses are. Yeah. Uh, sleeps four again, so they really want you to like lounge oh, wow. quite a bit. This is uh, $2,600 to $4,400 a night. Living in a lap of luxury. Yeah, seriously. And then next is the Grand Suite. Pretty sure this was the room that was featured. If you saw the episode of The Middle, um, where they stayed at the Grand Floridian. By the way, side note on that episode, it ends with something very relatable to me because the main <laughs> character there, the mom, who used to be on Everybody Loves Raymond, mm -hmm. um, just takes everything, like the shampoo and the conditioner and stuff. Oh, that's, yeah. that's that's me everybody. Every time I, go. I mean, that's yeah. Ross on Friends. Yeah, that, and they want you to take the soap. So that's the right. Grand Suite is 2,200 square feet. Sleeps for 2,863 to 4,588 a night. Now, Still by the way, this only is... only sleeps four? Yes, according wow. to the documentation, sleeps four. Weird. Um, this is, of course, the 2021 pricing. Imagine going to the Grand Floridian, staying at the Grand Suite in the main lobby of the Grand Floridian. It's, that's right. That's the highest of the high in terms of uh, rooms available. Disney, Disney property. Disney, Disney property, yeah. Um, lots of transportation options available here. You have your buses, monorail. I'm sorry, your complimentary, complimentary monorail. monorail. Get it right. Uh of course, you have boat transportation and the semi-new walkway that'll take you from yeah. the Grand Floridian over to the Magic Kingdom. You mentioned all the restaurants that exist here. We'll talk about my experiences with them uh, coming up in a minute. Mm -hmm. Right now, the 1900 Park Fair is not currently operating. They're actually using part of the dining area as overflow from the Grand Floridian Cafe okay. because okay. of the spacing. They're trying to increase yeah. number of guests. We might as well use some space. Smart. Since the 1900 Park Fair is typically character dining, and they're not currently offering that, so you know they're doing their they're doing what they need to do to make sure things are happening. Uh, plenty of shops. This is one of the rare resorts where there are like third party shops in the middle oh. of the resort. You know, yeah. So yeah. Um, they've kind of reduced over time, but there is a basin store. It's Basin White oh. that is like the okay. bath bomb, and yeah. you go in there and it, the, the fragrances just smack you right in the face. Yeah. There's another Basin store over in Disney Springs, right? Uh, but this is Basin White. There is the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique right there in the lobby, which is kind of cool when you think about it. M Mouse Mercantile, which is your, I'm going to say, your more traditional looking mm -hmm. gift shop. The Curier Sir, I never know how to say this word, Clothier, Clothiers? Clothier, Clothier. Clothier. I yeah, feel like whatever. Clothier is a fancy way to say it. They also have the Sandy Cove Gifts and Sundries on the first floor as you approach the area for Grand Floridian Cafe. Plenty of recreation, entertainment, fun things to do when they are operating under normal circumstances. You can do the fireworks cruise, 
There are poolside patios and cabanas for rent. You can go on a yacht excursion. If you if you don't feel fancy enough <laughs> no. staying at the Grand Floridian, go ahead and get yourself a yacht excursion. Get your yacht. I'm yeah. on a boat. I'm on a boat. <laughs> if you want to sing that song while you're on it, I would totally Absolutely. support that. If, if you're not doing it, are you really on a boat? <laughs> you can see the electrical water pageant at night. And, of course, there's a spa. It is the Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. Senses right. Spa is available to you there with its own list of amenities and things. Let's talk about some of the things that I've been able to experience there at the Grand Floridian. Um, I mentioned that there are different views, just like there are most resorts, um, when you're booking your room. And I will tell you that the garden rooms are nice. Of course, nothing beats a theme park view. If that's what you want to be able right. to do, if you want to sit on your balcony or look out your back window, so to speak, and see fireworks at night from the comfort of your own resort room, theme park view is for you. Mm -hmm. The other resorts on the monorail there, the Polynesian and Bay Lake Tower and contemporary, big contemporary, you can get like a lake view or a lagoon view and you can still kind of see right. the, um, the theme park depending on where you are, but the Grand Floridian has more rooms that are actually like just Lagoon View because you're either going to be facing the Polynesian, which by the way, is a beautiful backdrop to have. Right. But obviously if you're facing the Polynesian, you're, you're not facing Magic Kingdom or you're kind of facing off the other direction where you're seeing the monorail track and then nothing. It's just, you know, trees and bushes and whatnot. Mm -hmm. You can see the walk with the new walkway to Magic Kingdom. But Give me that trees and view. bushes view. That's what I want. Yes. <laughs> I love the uh, trees and bushes view, please. And uh, so just be aware of that. that. Yeah. So if you're like, if you're getting a Lagoon view, hoping to get a Magic Kingdom view, just know that it might not happen because of, of the way that the buildings are. I mean, the big rectangular buildings, they're not all facing the same direction. Okay, let's talk about food for a sec. Plenty of restaurants to choose from here. I will tell you that their quick service, the Gasparilla Island Grill, is one of my favorite quick service places mm -hmm. on all of property. It always looks now, amazing when you go. I'm always like, Doug, next time we're there, we got to go try this out. And I think he hears Grand Floridian and is like, we ain't got money for that, honey. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing. So if you want to have a Grand Floridian experience and have a meal there and still kind of have like a an idea fanciness, mm -hmm. then the quick service or even the Grand Floridian Cafe is going to be your best bet. The other restaurants are for sure the signature fine dining category, yeah. whereas the Grand Floridian Cafe is not just your typical table service, right? Um, basically casual dining, if you will. But the Gasparilla Island Grill Quick Service is great for lots of reasons. Um, the Lately, I don't know if it's going to continue. I hope it does. The air conditioning is so strong. It's almost cold, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. You need it that way. And, uh, but anyway, it is, and I know it's cold, but it's not cold in there. It's warm in the sense that it is a cozy place to be. Mm -hmm. They have like kind of fancy tables. Like they're all like that, like granite or whatever marble oh, countertop yeah. thing. Yeah. Like it's, it's nice. Victorian. Like you know that it's you're very Victorian and fancy. It's very, yes. You, you know, you're in, you know, a res you, you know, mm -hmm. which resort you're in. Even if you just close your eyes, walk somewhere, wind up in the quick service, you know, you're in the Grand Floridian, yeah. even right there. There are outdoor tables as well if you're traveling here soon and you want to you know, be more comfortable and do outdoor dining. There are plenty of tables out there, and that's part of their normal operation. But I will tell you that their chicken and brie sandwich is top. That's mm -hmm. like top notch for me. Mm -hmm. That's It's it. It's number one. It is a fresh piece of grilled chicken breast with a couple of slices of ham 
fresh brie oh. cheese and it's nice and warm it gets like stringy it's running off the side of it and in, in, yeah. in the most delicious of ways it's basically pornographic looking at it it's got like a raspberry jam on it spinach Ooh. and i think they even have like a little bit of some type of mayo on there and it's not just mayo it's it's something i don't know what it right, is right right on on a bun and it is just so good so you're telling me that your perfect date night is going to get your brie sandwich your grilled chicken and brie sandwich and then hop yeah. it on the monorail to go get your peanut butter pie for dessert and you're good Ooh. to go. Oh my, it's getting hot in here. The temperature's turning up. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah, that sounds wonderful. And that's kind of what we did when we were hanging out with friends. I didn't get the yeah. peanut butter pie, but they did. And it was their first one, by the way. <gasps> and they and they liked it, obviously, because it's the PB pie. Mm-hmm. So I will tell you that the Gasparilla Island Grill, for us, in our experience, we do not know it for being fast. It okay. is typically the slowest service of all of the quick service operations we've been to they're on beach um, time maybe yes <laughs> they are they're like um, no this is part of it <laughs> yes we want you to enjoy the atmosphere which is fine you know um with nicole obviously we're ordering a allergy friendly item which typically takes longer so i'm not saying that that's what takes long this is even long for an allergy menu item it's it's a bit it was busier the other day when we went. We so we waited a little while, but it is what it is. You kind of sit there and relax, get your cup of water, and uh, and sit there and hydrate yourself. Um, however, and I really hope that they called back. I have um, really great experiences with the two part-time food and beverage cast members there. I don't know if I've ever talked about them on this podcast before, mm. but their names are Kat and Cindy, and they're out of control. They are not long-lost friends. They became friends working, to, to my memory anyway, they became friends working at Disney. They're, you know, of a certain age. They obviously uh, have no filter, but they obviously Best. still are stage ready. They're show ready, but they're just, yeah. they're they're hilarious. They are constantly yeah. ragging on each other. Um, Kat tells us that her name is short for catastrophe because her life is in shambles. <laughs> and um, Cindy, we assume is short for Cinderella, but we don't know. And they're just they're just outrageous, and they were yeah. so much fun. And um, I know that a lot of the part time cast weren't kept as part of the modified staffing levels for COVID. Mm-hmm. So we hope that they are either transferred somewhere else or they do come back when you know things kind of pick yeah. up because they are the best. They were so cool, and I hope other people get to meet them. One other thing about this quick service is they often have holiday and seasonal treats, whereas like my go-to, the Contempo Cafe, although they always have the peanut butter pie, they don't always have like holiday stuff. Right. Right now we're in Easter season. They had three or four different Easter-related things. They had a big egg, a big chocolate egg that was filled with uh, jelly beans. They had this really awesome-looking Easter-themed bunny. Same thing. It was filled with jelly beans on the inside. It was big, elaborate ears. By the way, $7.99 for that cupcake. Not getting it. But look cool to look at. I was, we were watching someone else eat it. But they always have those kind of like things going on. I mean, it's pretty much every holiday. I'm just picturing it's, it's you a, like watching this person eat it and then being like. Staring. Yeah, no, not for $7.99. <laughs> I, my cutoff is $5.99. I was like, hey, do you mind if I video you while you eat yeah. this? No big deal. I'm just going to say Can you just explain myself. how it tastes to me and then I'll just. Yeah. yeah. Okay, thanks. Be on camera. Let us know how your first couple of bites are. And they're like, sir, please get out of the splash pad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, if, you, um, if you're um, if you looking for those holiday treats and you want to kind of, it's like a one-stop shop for a nice experience and to get something a little different, this is probably a good spot for you. So let's talk about Grand Floridian Cafe for a moment because this um, wasn't always our favorite. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that we um, used to eat there quite a bit and then we had a couple of bad experiences, I'll be honest. We just, mm-hmm. 
our servers were just not hitting it for us. Service was really slow. And the food um, just wasn't it for us. We, we were not feeling like we were getting what we were paying for. And then um, we went one time after that, and we had a better time. So we decided to have our dinner there the night we got married. And when I say we, I don't mean just me and Nicole. It was our families. So you may remember we got married at the uh, at the Boardwalk Resort. Some time in between, we all reconvened at the Grand Floridian Cafe. You know, there was 12 or 13 of us at this point. So stakes were high. Yeah. We were, pressure, pressure was on for a nice meal because, you know, people flew in and you kind of want everything to go smoothly. Food was good. I remember that. And we've been going back a bunch after that. The menu has changed quite a bit, but the thing that has stayed... And thank the Lord it has stayed, is the buttermilk fried chicken. It oh, is yeah. the best. That's, That's the one that you always post thing. pictures, and I'm like, no, we need to go there and try that for sure. Yes. Like, I, I it's won't changed. I won't it's bet. changed a little bit. Oh, it's so good. It's changed a little bit over time. They went from a sriracha, like a uh, syrup it on it. Yeah. yeah, it was like a, like it looked more like a honey. And now um, they have, if I remember correctly, it's either bacon or maple vinaigrette on top of okay. it. Um, so good. I haven't had it in a couple, you know, it's been a couple of months. I got to go back to be honest with you. <laughs> I have just realized now it's been a couple of months. So, uh, it's just, it's so good. We've been back plenty of times. I, we've, I've even had a, uh, work lunch there. We had a meeting Ooh. and this is how, you know, like you're living a, an alternate lifestyle where yeah. your lunch meeting was over at the Grand Floridian Cafe. Now here, okay. They call their brunch blunch as in breakfast, lunch. Instead of the BR for, for breakfast, they do the, they put a B for breakfast in front of lunch. So it's blunch. Probably because their menu is more like you can get either like breakfast items or lunch items. You know what I, I mean? Like just, brunch Like yes. brunch is like, I don't know. I feel like brunch is definitely more breakfast Having a mimosa with your avocado yeah, toast. But they have, more... a, incidentally, they have avocado yeah. toast. Um, it just makes me think of something <laughs> weed related. I don't know why. But <laughs> the, you can have your blunch. <laughs> and I will tell you that this is your place to feel a little fancier, but still maintain somewhat of a budget if you want to yeah. have the Grand Floridian meal experience and don't want to go to Narcozzi's or Citricos or the basically unattainable Victorian Alberts, right. which is something I've only seen other people eat on YouTube because, right. you know, Amen. this is not going to happen. Is um, that the place where I, they do like the seven courses? Yeah, basically like here's the like reason why. they're like bites of food. <laughs> The reason why I probably will never eat there is I really don't think my palate is refined enough to oh, even my, yeah. understand what I'm eating. Yes. You know? Doug and I are both like, we're not that, like, I can't even taste the difference in many alcohols and or, <laughs> like, coffees. So I'm not going to, that's yes. not going to, like, which, no. I mean, I'm like, kudos to people that that's their thing. Like, and if you have the palate for it, then heck yeah, go for it. Yeah. We just, I just don't. I mean, if, if you're going to analyze the food that I get at the Grand Floridian Cafe, I basically am getting an adult version of a chicken finger, right? right? Like right. it's buttermilk fried chicken. So you know I'm not going to be able to handle Victorian yeah. Alberts. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Nicole normally gets the uh, shrimp and grits, which is not currently on the menu for like their modified dining experience. Um, but she loves it, swears by it because mm. it's excellent. That's her go-to dinner. If you can do shrimp there. and grits well, then kudos because a lot of people yes. can't do it well. So yes, she loves it, and uh, she also gets that over at the Coral Reef in Epcot. So mm. if you're looking for <laughs> shrimp and grits, they still offer go. it at different resorts. One of which is Coral Reef. I think Old Key West has it too. Um, 1900 Park Fair not currently open, and the food has never stood out in my memory. But um, it is a character dining experience when it does yeah. reopen, and we have plenty of awesome photos and memories of uh, Winnie the Pooh and Friends and Mary Poppins there at 1900 Park Fair. Um, let's talk about some pros and cons of the resort. 
uh, Pro, it's the friggin' Grand Floridian, man. Yeah. You're going to yeah. get some great landscape photos. You're going to have a great feeling there if this is your vibe. Um, I don't know that overall that the Grand Floridian is like my go-to vibe for a resort. I love visiting there, but I feel most at home at the Contemporary. Right. That's just me. Right. Some pros. Uh, if you take the monorail, the first stop is the Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. A con, you're the last stop coming home. Yep. So it takes it takes quite a bit. As you know, they stop at the Contemporary, TTC. Once the monorail station at the Polynesian reopens, they'll be stopping there. So it's a little bit of, of time to get back. Of course, you have other options there. The right. boat. You could walk or you take You a could boat. walk. I have the walkway as a, as a pro and a con on my list. Pro, don't have to wait, right? You just boom, you hop, you hop uh, yeah. to the walkway. But it's not a short walkway. No, I mean, it's more step. Like if you're already tired and you're just like, oh, but it's, it's right long. there. Yes. And depending on what building you're in, um, you know, if you're kind of the farthest away and if you wind up staying at the DVC area, um, you're even farther from mm-hmm. it. So like it's it's a bit of a walkway there, but it is an option and it's great for the three or four months out of the year where it's comfortable to walk long yeah. distances, honestly. That, that would yeah. be the time where I probably would be using that walkway. A lot of the rooms are outside the main building, which is a con, mm-hmm. unless you don't want that like lobby vibe all of the time. Um, but in order to get to the quick service or Grand Floridian Cafe, you do have to leave your building. Right. Which is sometimes problematic if it's 95 degrees with 100% humidity or raining. Yes. Something to think about. Those are those are like the general pros and cons. Yeah. Um, some things to keep in mind. The holiday decorations here are top notch. They go yeah, all out. You got gorgeous. the gingerbread house, the big huge gingerbread house. Uh, typically speaking, you know, post pandemic. Guys, here. it's a real gingerbread house. Like it's yeah. literally made you, of gingerbread. They, and if you have Disney Plus, you can watch a special on how they make it. But um, yes. they do that every year, and it's incredible. And it makes the it makes it smell amazing in there too. Oh my gosh, yes. And you know, like as you're approaching the lobby of the resort. And the automatic doors open for like the family in front of yes. you. You're not even in yeah. the lobby yet. As soon as those doors open, mm-hmm. it just smacks you right in the face, and it's, yeah. it smells so good. I mean, if you're a cast member at that time, you're like, so it's like, what do you do for a living? I literally work inside of a cookie, like a real yeah. cookie. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it. And they do. They got a whole little setup in there. Yeah, and if you've um, never done it, you they you can buy like gingerbread things and cookies and desserts or whatever out of the actual gingerbread house yes. when you're in there. So it's really cool in itself, but people are actually in there working. When you buy gingerbread, they just, they say one minute and they walk away. They just pop a shingle off, put it in a plastic bag, give it to you. <laughs> Something like that. Um, yeah. Keep your eyes peeled for characters in the marble tile. There's not just the Fab Five that you see if you get off the monorail. There's the obviously the big giant Grand Floridian logo there. You'll also mm-hmm. see some Peter Pans and Friends. You'll also see some characters from Beauty and the Beast, to name a few. Keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, we've done a ton of things at the Grand Floridian. We ha- haven't stayed there a lot, but we visit quite a bit. It's a great yeah. uh, stop on the monorail loop. When we did get married um, that time, that one time, we um, were staying at the Grand Floridian and we were waiting for our room to be ready. So we we're just hanging out in the lobby in our tux and our dress. And we got a, a really awesome photo on the stairs that lead up to the second floor. I'll post a photo of that. They have since changed it. They put a railing there now where we stood. So you actually like really can't get as nice of a photo. You can like yeah. Photoshop the railing out. But it's yeah. something we noticed semi-recently that they put a handrail there. But what a moment to have for Nicole and me to get a nice, mm-hmm. like, we're in our tux and dress, wedding day, like, beautiful thing. You I mean, were wearing the dress. I was wearing the, Well, you know me, always yeah. wearing a dress. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Always looking for an excuse to cross-dress. That's why I love Halloween so much. So 
I've had the opportunity to visit the wedding pavilion too. Man, if you want to see fancy bathrooms, find a way to visit <laughs> the wedding pavilion out there. It's awesome. It's just so cool. They have a lot of like Cinderella theming in there. We talked about that with Sarah when she You're was like, on. You're like, forget about where the space was. The bathrooms are incredible. Yes. Just mirrors everywhere. It's cool. And out there in the back, there is an archway where obviously you could take your picture underneath. And um, your backdrop is a little bit of Magic Kingdom. You can actually see Cinderella yeah. Castle in the background, which is awesome. Um, let's talk about what you all had to say. So I put it out there. What are some of the things you find interesting or some of the things you like about the Grand Floridian? Speaking of Sarah, she and another listener, Jen, both immediately said, Scent of the Lobby. Scent oh, the lobby. Sarah's mom also said it. Sarah's mom, our number one yeah. fan, um, right. said she she loves the Scent of the Lobby. And, of course, the lobbies of the resorts are, like, something we all kind of know and talk about. Mm -hmm. Such a strong scent. It's like the things that they make candles out of. So you yeah, pretty good. much. Um, Amanda wrote in something that, I'll be honest, I didn't know too much about. So I did a little reading up on it. Amanda liked the nod to history with the pineapples in mm. the lobby. And you'll see them when you're in there. Pineapples were considered a symbol of wealth, probably because of their scarcity, until mid-Victorian age when steamships came along, brought over all kinds of things, including pineapples, and people were like, oh, everyone's got a pineapple now. Yeah, Who cares? everyone's got that. No one everyone. cares, No Julie. one cares. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but something to think about. If, you, if you're there and you see some yeah. uh, pineapples, know they were once a symbol of wealth. That means you rich, y'all. Remember, old money, old money. Old money. Uh, John from John Meets World, also Couple Meets World with Peyton Meets World and all the Meets Worlds. <laughs> Uh, John says he loves the comfy couches in the lobby and basin on the second floor to wash his hands. Yes. You know what's up. That's something that Nicole's dad, so my wife's dad, just he loves going up there. They do like the whole thing. They wash the hands. He picks out the fancy shampoo and conditioner and like that's his thing. So yeah. like people love it. Um, <laughs> two funny. different listeners named Sam. So shout out to Sam, Sam and, and Sam. Sam. They both happen to mention the breakfast at the Grand Floridian Cafe and I will say that the breakfast options there are good. I've had a couple of different things there. Um, Nicole loves going there. That's like their, her favorite thing to do with her dad when he's in town. They go do breakfast at the Grand Flutter Cafe and go to Basin to wash their hands. Yeah. And uh, also, talk about uh, it's I love how you said breakfast is the jam. You know, pun intended. There. Yeah. Just Sam and Sam breakfast is their jam. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandy said the fried chicken. Obviously, she's talking about the fried chicken sandwich that you were talking about, right? She knows what's up. It is. Knows it, what's up. And listen, here's the thing, okay? It's fried chicken, right, Greg? That's probably what you're saying to yourself. Greg, how is this so good? Well, yes, but when you've had really good fried chicken, you know the difference. You yes. like it's like list, anyone listening totally gets it. Yes. If and you don't understand, if you're thinking it's just fried chicken, then you haven't had really good fried chicken. You before. are wrong, sir. And, and it's I will on, tell you, go ahead. It's on top of like a loaded mashed potato situation. Now, sometimes right, when you, you hear loaded wrong. mashed potatoes, you your mind might think like a cheddar cheese and a bacon, but this is fancy loaded mashed yeah, potatoes yeah. like it's creamy and they're delicious and it doesn't take away from the flavors of the uh, fried chicken it just adds to it yeah for sure oh now i get now you got me thinking about my the best fried chicken i've ever had and it's uh, a place called willie may's scotch house in new orleans oh so Nolans. if you're listening and you're from new orleans or you've ever visited there or you, you have a trip coming up you are doing yourself a disservice if you don't go to willie may's scotch house and get you some fried chicken and fixins and some fixins Mm, yes. Sophia. It's had a sweet tea. Sorry. Sophia has a really specific recommendation. She yeah. wants us all to have the toasted Italian sandwich from Gasparilla Island Grill with no mustard and add oil and vinegar. And apparently that's that's oh. that's chef's kiss for her because yeah. uh, she obviously wanted us to know about that. Uh, Jen Drennan, our girl Jen, 
Uh, Jen said she loves the band in the lobby. Which sometimes which I, I did. Yeah, I did they're no longer a, there. I, was like, I had a note about the pian, like the pianist or whatever, but. Um, I was like, well, I probably won't mention it because I don't know if that's going to be happening anymore. No, but obviously, they're, it used they're to done. happen every evening, but yeah, they're not yes, doing that. Yes, their so. contract uh, ended, not renewed. They were relocated, some of them, to a different area, and then that was it. Um, but the reason yeah. I left this in, it's an excuse to say the word pianist. pianist. So, pianist, yeah, pianist, pianist. Um, and you get to say it as many times as you want. I think to end <laughs> our welcome. conversation, because I don't think we should end on a pianist, because as mm-hmm. we all know, a pianist is always the beginning of life. So... Um, I think we'll end on this. I happen to find a little piece of audio that I think is a true gem. And, um, you know, let me just play that. This is someone's, like, home video of their time uh, at Disney World. They were staying at the Polynesian. And they were doing what would be considered a vlog now. They were, uh, this one particular woman that you're about to hear was just, you know, looking at the Grand Floridian and had this to say. (laughs) Can't wait. Mama, look at that thing. This is a sneak preview. It won't beat the Polynesian. I don't care what they put up. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that thing. Look at that thing. It won't beat the Polynesian. I don't care what they put up. Circa 1988 (laughs) or whatever it was. Yeah, I think think 87 or, yeah, during the construction of 87, 88. So, man. Look, that's just proof that we're not wrong when we, like, say things in our southern accent, you know? (laughs) Whatever. I'm from the South. I can say whatever. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on to some news. I have one nug and then one non-nug. All right. I have a a fight to pick with people. This, uh, the big thing there, the actual news nugget, is they Disney announced a refurb or a reimagining of the Main Street Confectionery. And I have in my notes here, in all caps, good. I think it needs it. Yeah. It's about time. I hope they get rid of the tile in there. Oh my gosh, don't hate me. I'm not trying to look I'm not trying to create enemies here, but it's definitely old timey Magic Kingdom and I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to new timey Magic Kingdom there at you the confectionery. New, mo- new money? Yeah, I want some <laughs> new money Magic Kingdom. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and I really hope that if nothing else, I mean whether or not you agree with that it needs a design overhaul, it for sure needs a, a layout it needs some layout work. Because the line yeah. for yes. the baked goods counter just it doesn't make sense for the volume of people that are shuffling in and out of there at any given time. So I'm looking forward to that. And then for a news nugget, I have, this is not a news nugget. And I'm, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand why so many people are so focused on some jobs that are listed on the Disney careers page, which by the way, yeah. Greg's check-in every two to right. four hours because I'm looking to work back at Disney. But um, a lot of people took that the Disney is hiring a principal fireworks designer and ran with it. It was a headline on a lot of the Disney news sites, and I can't... You're like, newsflash, they also were looking for a vice president a couple yes. weeks ago, but I, I no mean, one a... said anything about that. Well, the thing is, like, I, a lot of people took that to mean that fireworks are coming back yeah. soon. Well, obviously just... they're going to come back, but I mean... Yes, but I just want you to know, if they're looking for a principal fireworks designer, and the posting is now, that person's not going to be on the job for at least a month, but just keep in mind, a principal fireworks designer will, will not, and I, I can tell you this with 100% certainty, will not be designing fireworks that are coming out this year. It's not going to happen. Also, let's talk about how it's probably the person that did that job before, but with the protocol, they have to list it on the site before they actually hire that person back. So, um, and I'm not trying to dash hopes here, because you know know me, I want those fireworks to come back. I'm just saying, please don't let this be an indication to you that fireworks are for sure coming back, because they are. Yeah. It's just... 
listen, I for the job that I got coming into Disney, I applied when it was posted in, I want to say like, I don't know, February or whatever. I didn't start until August. And I, and I know this is a yeah. little more higher caliber, right? This is this is right. a little higher. So they're probably going to start sooner than that. But this is not the ticket to fireworks coming back ASAP. I just, I just want to put that out there. I think they're coming back soon anyway, but this is not the indication yeah. that they're coming back. Yeah. All right. Now that I'll get off my soapbox here and we'll talk about Let's do some, some history. Disney history. All right. What you got? Thank you. Uh, I'm taking us back to 2002. When Primeval Whirl, a steel wild mouse roller coaster at Disney's Animal Kingdom, opened. As most of you know, I call this Primeval Death uh, or Primeval Hurl because this is probably one of the worst roller coasters they ever came out with. Came out with. Um, obviously, it's part of Chester and Hester's Dinorama, and it's not open today. I'm pretty sure it's it's done. Mm-hmm. It's done for. It's it is. Closed. Yeah, the ride featured 13 cars, each seating four riders, which probably should have been two, but you still want to die even when there's two of you. <laughs> That's what I got. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, man, 2002, I guess I thought it was older than that, but it's not. Yeah. And now it's done. And I'm interested to see what they're going to put in that space moving forward. Yeah. I think, is that ride going to make people vomit? We'll see. I'll take us back not too long ago to 2019 when Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy opened. It's located back there in um, the, a part of Sunset Boulevard you may have never been to if you've never gone to this attraction. Because before that, it was like a flex theater space. Um, you can it's like actually kind just of see over it, like past the line. If you're in line and you're up on the like balcony kind of area for a rock and roller coaster, yep. you can kind of see over there. Yes. It was one of those spaces where when you were up there, you're always kind of trying to look over the wall anyway to see what's over there. But now yes. they actually have something. So you're like, oh, yeah. okay. I, um, believe it or not, spend a lot of time back there for work, incidentally, but mm-hmm. I still have never done this attraction. I have, this is one of the attractions in Disney yeah. World that it's currently operating that I have not done. Well, I thought, originally I thought it was going to be like something you, like a simulator or something you actually do, like ride on, but it's not. It's kind of a room. You come in and sit down and then like a show ensues. Yes. So. I mean, it's a cool animatronic of, yeah. of Lightning McQueen. I just haven't done it. Yeah. Don't know why. Um, of course, we have our quote to end our show as always. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we are at That Park Life Podcast, or my personal account is at The Disney Greg. My personal account is at The Healthy Hot Mess. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to like, subscribe, head over to iTunes, leave us a review over there. Follow us on TikTok, same username yeah, there, yeah. That Park Life Podcast. Um, I hopped on a trend. I'm not really like the one to hop on trends. But I noticed a bunch of people repurposing quotes, uh, repurposing like trash talk and making them quotes. So in yeah. in light of our um, recurring segment of Disney one-star reviews, I took some Disney one-star reviews um, that we've actually shared here on, on our episodes mm-hmm. in the last two years and turned them into inspirational quotes with your typical Vanessa Carlton, th- whatever the name, a thousand miles music making in the background. Making my way downtown, walking fast, feet. Faces is passing, I'm home. But I am like forgetting all of the words <laughs> to every song today. Yes. So you have that to look forward to if you see us uh, on TikTok. If you want to send someone a magic gram, if you know someone in your life who needs a little bit of pixie dust sent their way, it's free for you, free for them, which is something, a way for us to spread a little magic. Mm-hmm. You can do so. Just head to our website, thatparklifepodcast.com and click on the send a magic gram thing. All right. A quote for you all. From the animated classic Mulan, or as I like to call it, Mulan. (laughs) 
No matter how the wind howls, the mountain cannot bow to it. Mm. It's a thinker for you all on this Tuesday. Dishonor on you, dishonor on your cow. <laughs> That's my quote. That's my quote from That's Milan. your quote. That's all from us this week. We hope you enjoyed. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye, everyone.